This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Debrinkin slips it out to center and ahead to Stutzlup who walks in and shoots and scores! Heartbreaking loss for the Flames in Ottawa tonight. The Senators scored two goals in the final two minutes and 14 seconds of the third period. Both of them with their goaltender on the bench and an extra attacker on the ice to tie the game at three. And then they win it. One minute and 55 seconds into overtime. The Flames get one point, but not the two. It looked like they had in the bank. The Senators complete an incredible comeback and win 4-3 in overtime. Tim Stutzla, the hero in this hockey game. Heartbreaking might be an appropriate word to describe the Flames' loss last night to the Ottawa Senators as we welcome you to a special Valentine's Day edition of Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960 The Fans. Logan going along with you. We're coming out July from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. Beautiful Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Outstanding production team of Cam and Taylor along with us this afternoon. And uh, yes, lots to get into with the Calgary Flames. Following their loss last night to the Ottawa Senators. They finish off their post-All-Star break road trip with just one win. Saturday afternoon against the Buffalo Sabres. Two overtime losses and a regulation loss to the Detroit Red Wings. We'll chat with Peter Labardius in just moments. Chat a lot about the Calgary Flames today. Uh, of course, as they get set to welcome in Detroit on Thursday to kick off a three-game homestand. We'll also uh, have our Tuesday regular Big Nazar coming up in Hour 2. Super Bowl reaction. Uh, a bit of Canucks talk as well with Bick from Sportsnet 650. And uh, checking on Blue Jays spring training. I'm sure Taylor is very excited. Everyone's reporting, getting to Dunedin. Storylines abound for the Blue Jays. Bo Bichette signed up. We are not long for, away from bringing you uh, Blue Jays baseball right on these airwaves. Uh, and you're home for the Blue Jays right here on Sportsnet 960. The fans, so get excited for it. We'll check in uh, with Arden Zwelling in hour two. But let's kick things off. Heading down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and saying hello to the voice, uh, the color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960. Uh, it's Peter Labardius, and he's brought to you every single day by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit them at the GeminiGroup.ca, now offering Air Miles Reward Miles. Good afternoon, Lou. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm in a very, I'm in a very loving mood today, Logan. Well, happy Valentine's Day, pal, and. Uh, yeah, and, and for Taylor, I will say this. Um, there are very few things in my career that I haven't had an opportunity to do, and I'm very blessed and thankful for all of that. But I would have loved a chance to cover spring training one time. Now, it doesn't always uh, collide very well with a hockey schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I did actually cover and you'll remember this logan for sure um there was one season back in 2001 when the toronto blue jays opened their regular season in san juan puerto rico against the texas rangers with their newcomer at the time a rod um so i had a spring where i I got to do that for a couple of days and then headed straight to Augusta, Georgia for the Masters. Um, but I've always been told by all my cohorts, and I do love the game, as you know, and it wouldn't be terrible to be watching baseball right now in Florida. Um, never got to do that and probably, unfortunately, never will. But uh, 
hearing you talk about that and them being underway and that uh that's something that i would have loved to have done yeah, I know a couple of uh, snowbirds, uh, myself, uh, some family friends that make their way down to uh, Dunedin every year and just enjoy spring baseball and enjoy heading out to the parks. And, you know, oh. it's not it's not a major league experience in the sense of going to the stadiums, but, you know, they do such a great job of hosting it in all these different areas. It's uh, it's one of the special times in sport that maybe doesn't get enough attention. But, uh, yeah, before you know it, we'll be having uh, Blue Jays baseball on your airwaves here on Sportsnet yes. 960. Uh, coming up soon, and we'll chat with Arden Swelling a little bit later on in hour two. But uh, to the topic at hand, Lou, uh, Flames fall 4-3 in overtime to the Ottawa Senators. Uh, from your chair, just give me your perspective on how this all you know came apart for the Calgary Flames late in the third period and then into overtime. How it came apart was they picked a really tough time and two six-on-five situations to have a couple of bad bounces go against them. And the biggest thing that happened last night, Logan, was, you know, it was one thing to give up the Batherson goal, but they didn't even give themselves any chance at all to breathe. I don't think they moved the puck past center ice after the ensuing face-off, and that's where it was. So they there they were with the same group of guys on the ice, and Ottawa has some people who can make some plays. And there really was not another time in the game where Calgary was not in complete command. So this is a really important game for the Flames. And not the venomous side and the heartbreaking side and the disappointing side. But what's really important, you know, when you can remove some of that stuff, which I always enjoy and probably break things down better than sometimes you do right in the heat of the moment, because I wouldn't even turn on the postgame show last night. I wouldn't do it because I know what was coming and I know why it was coming. And I understand that, you know, as a sports fan, those are the hardest things in the world to live with. Your team has completely outplayed an opponent all night long, and you can't close. But the really important thing and the really important takeaway for me, Logan, and it's disappointing that the team could not get to the end because for really 55 minutes and tied to the game in Buffalo – it was two performances that all I could think of as I watched both of them unfold is this is exactly how this team has to play to be successful. And they are a handful. They were a handful in Buffalo. They were a handful. But what you saw happen last night at the end is a team whose confidence still hangs in the balance. And a lot of it is because, frankly, How do you build confidence in anything? It's not by being unsuccessful in hard situations. It's by being successful. And, you know, they have been involved in more one-goal games than anyone, and now I believe the number is 20, where they were not able to win out of the 32. So no matter how you're playing – When you leave the game and it hangs in the balance, it is hard between your ears, especially, you know, when the Batherson goal goes in, probably the human reaction is generally to slip into a bad spot. And Ottawa, who had their lunch fed to them all night, you left them two crumbs in the bag and they ate them. And got a goal in overtime, and, you know, again, how could this team have any confidence right now in overtime either? They're 3-8 and now. Yeah. So that's not not players. That's, I mean, it is in part, obviously. They play and they win and lose. But somehow this group has really got to look for me in particular at three of the four games in the trip and say this this should really show us that we're a good team 
And even for the goalie last night, you know, he's on the verge of having two really in control, solid, making all the saves he needs to. And now it's, it's another notch in his belt. that's like, leaves you questioning yourself. It is one thing to be able to sell yourself on when you play poorly and you get what you deserve. There is nothing more difficult than when you do what they do last night and don't get a result. And that's not about planning. That's not about four checks. That's not about neutral zone. That's about you have to stay with it to the point and on a regular basis where the process translates into more. And they're not there yet. And they're they're running out of time to get there because, you know, as you, you look at it, Lou, you're under 30 games left in the rest of the season. And, you know, going back to your point about, you know, why would their confidence be shaken? Well, we, we've seen this before this season where they've held, you know, a lot of the time it's been one goal leads, but on occasion it's been more than that going into the third period. And they've let, they've let them slip. They're not always in 46-second, you know, six-on-five situations like what happened last night, but... The fact of the matter is, is this team has very little confidence when it comes to being able to shut things down in the third period or shut things down in a game at all this season. So why would it, you know, suddenly manifest itself until they start doing it? It's going to be hard to, to gain that confidence. And, and again, certain games are different and how you look at them should be different. But you're right. In some ways, they do all get grouped together. But last night was different because they've lost one goal games this year and played poorly or nowhere near to their identity. That was not the case last night. This was not a one goal loss in Montreal or a one goal loss like last week in Detroit where they were not a good team or anywhere near what they can be. Engagement how they played, how many guys on their team played well. That was different. And, you know, it's also a scenario where you don't see teams win too many games when they score twice with the net empty. That happened. So your ability as a group to go forward and really process it properly and it's 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 impossible, including I mean I I was as speechless as anybody when it was all said and done. And as you know, I don't get speechless very often. But when you remove yourself a little bit and think about the process, well, there's a few things, and a few things are, um, you know, when you think about adding to the group, well. There's no Rasmus Anderson last night. And it's not, again, it's not that the group of six didn't do a good job last night. They did a real good job last night. But but what you look at, even when you're thinking about adding or what guys mean to the team, is is what it does in those situations, Logan, is it shortens your group. And at the end of a trip, and now you're in that kind of situation where you have to rely on your, you know, your top four guys in particular. You know, Dennis Gilbert is a good player. He's been a good player for them. Michael Stone's been a good player for them. But, but when games are closer than they should be, now I have to, especially when every point is so important, now I probably have a tendency to shorten maybe even earlier because you really feel that one of the reasons that maybe some of those points have slipped away is because you can't play all six in every situation. And obviously, I don't even think that's a fair assessment because that wasn't even a situation last night where and I waited it for, for it to happen. I even said it going into the third. Because you know my philosophy, Logan. Generally on home ice in particular, 
And in any game, you're not going to dominate somebody for 60. At a certain point in time, they're going to get on a little run. Well, they got on a little run, and it was little, and it was opportunistic, and it left Flames fans headed for the Bow River when the night was over. Yeah, and it was uh, it was led by a guy that we talked a little bit about yesterday on the hit too, Lou, and uh, Tim Stutzla winds up having a hand in every single goal for the Ottawa Senators, including the game winner in overtime. And I didn't think, like a lot of people, it wasn't a great night overall for Ottawa. I thought the Flames did a really good job of of shutting them down. But it goes back to your conversation with Kale McLean, you know, on the coaches' show yesterday and the top six group that's very, very talented for Ottawa. And if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. And sure enough, all they needed was one opportunity, and they were ready to roll with it last night. Well, they're a very competitive group. Yep. Their top guys play hard. And Stutzla is becoming a star. And the first thing I fell in love with where he was concerned is, yes, Speed, can make plays, can shoot it. But I saw what that guy did at the World Junior a couple of years ago, and that was his second one, not his first one, where I went, this guy's a heck of a player. But in the second one, remember when Germany was down to like 12 or 13 guys? Mm-hmm. And got beat by Canada by about 15? Well, they didn't finish that way, did they? No. That's because your most competitive and best people got them to a better place, led by him. And then Paterka and a couple other key guys. That guy plays with passion. Where I fell for Tim Stutzla, though, was in 2020 in Ostrava in the Czech Republic because, if you remember, that year... Germany was in a pool with Canada, Russia, and the Czechs. And he was good in every game. Sure was. He's good in every game. Yep. Not easy for Team Germany and a player on Team Germany against the true juggernauts of the tournament to be noticeable. You know, and that wasn't even his draft year. Those are the things that personally stick with me. And I find about nine out of ten times, when you're really young and you're in a very difficult position and you're in an undermanned team, but I can't take my eyes off you every night, it's like Mo Sider in his first men's world championship in his draft year. Oh, my goodness. This guy's good. This guy's really good. Now, would I have stepped up and taken him at six? Maybe not. But it was sure impactful, and I know who it made an impact on, Steve Eiserman. So he's found it, and he's been moved into the middle. He has the puck more. But he's a pain in the tail to play against, too. You're not afraid to get his nose dirty or dirty yours. Nope. And has been, you know, on the wrong side of the line sometimes that way in the last two years as well. So, yeah. We're chatting uh, all things Calgary Flames with the color voice uh, of the team, Peter Labardius. He joins us every single day to kick off Sportsnet today. Flames fall 4-3 to the Ottawa Senators to end off their four-game post-All-Star break uh, road trip and now get set for a matchup against the Detroit Red Wings, who they just saw on the road trip uh, coming up Thursday night at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. And I didn't want it to be all doom and gloom, Lou. I know that that's uh, the way a lot of people are feeling today about the team, but not just last night, but I thought it was a very good road trip as a whole uh, for one Dylan Dubé. He was great last night. He has the two goals, getting to those tough areas that led to both opportunities for him. He's up to 15 goals on the season, and I thought the four games out of the All-Star break were just tremendous for Dylan. Well, he has just gotten better and better and better. And, 
you know, a benchmark for me all the time is, do you see an elite guy from a junior level or a collegiate level, when do they start doing what they were doing there at a more regular basis in the NHL? And that's what I'm seeing from Dylan. And he's playing. See, the great thing about Dylan is Dylan has the type of demeanor where I don't think a lot phases him. I really don't. And I've asked that question to people who know him a lot better than I do. And sometimes in this environment, and he loves the game, he works at it tremendously hard, but I I always think about one thing where Dylan comes to mind, and I'll never forget it, and you take it how you want. Dylan was asleep the morning that he got drafted by the Flames. (laughs) His mother woke him up and told him because he told us that when we were on the draft floor in Buffalo. Well, I know who wouldn't have been sleeping going into their first NHL draft. About 98% of the guys. So if you can find a way to do what he was doing the night before, and get yourself a pretty restful sleep to the point that the draft is in day number two, and maybe that was part of it. Maybe, and he did say that following that he was disappointed that he wasn't a day one selection. But I wouldn't have slept a wink. Mom had to wake him up. I'm pretty sure that's that's the real truth. So. You know, and that can be a really good thing because, you know, the word came up late in in the broadcast last night as poor Derek was trying to kick out the word compartmentalize. And I know in my own personal life, I'm not very good at it. Too emotional. And Dylan strikes me as a guy who can put things away and come right back and listen you think it's been an easy run for him the last couple of years under Daryl? Nope. Not a chance. No, he was Remember one of the, the guys that Daryl focused on early. Yeah. Well, you have two ways of responding, and usually it takes time. But he's on the other side of it now, and I really believe that. Now, you know, I, again, don't ask what the ceiling is, or I just know this. This guy is starting to look a lot to me like he did in World Juniors, which he played in two of them, and well, and in his best days as a Kelowna Rocket. And even then, never shy of the big stage of the big moment. Logan, how was he in the bubble a couple years ago? Pretty damn good. Now, last Last playoff, not as good. Yeah. Won't happen again. Nope. He loves it. He loves the game. He loves playing the game. And like I said, unlike other people who can get swallowed, and I understand because if I was playing this year, it'd be really hard for me to play on this team the way I am built. So I do. I think, I think, He's got, I think he has, there's a lot of people whose confidence wavers, and sometimes people can get to the point where they're so confident they're not aware. I don't see that in Dylan. But I do see, and he always has carried himself that way, he's a good person, and I think he has the makeup to deal with hard. And the NHL is hard. And nights like last night are hard. So I love his. I love the way he's playing, and he's a big part of this hockey team. And he's had to learn some really hard lessons. And the and the hard lessons for most young players is you better be good away from it and learn how to do that before the other translates. Unless you're, you know, some of the guys that I think sometimes when we assess hockey, we think. We think Mitch Marner and Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and, you know, those people grow on trees. They don't. 
They don't. That's the creme de la creme of elite skill and ability. Look at Tage Thompson. Took him some time, didn't it? Sure did. Sure did. Stutzla, Thompson, Dylan. Usually takes some time. But Mm -hmm. when really good players who have been good on big stages in the past and seem to thrive, you know, Brad Marchand, I don't think, was an 80-point guy coming out of Moncton. I remember in 2016 when social media couldn't even believe he was in the top 16 first guys that were picked. How'd you feel after it was done? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Lou, always appreciate the time, sir. Have yourself a great afternoon. We will uh, dive into the upcoming three-game homestand for the Flames when we chat with you tomorrow, eh? Yes, and in closing and in all sincerity, Flames fans, try to see the best in that one. I get how you couldn't last night. And number two is our world's a pretty fragile place. Today is Valentine's Day. And for goodness sake, there's somebody out there you're thinking about today that maybe you haven't called for a while, told them how important they were to you. Make it a priority today. And make it a priority more often. People matter. Talk to you tomorrow, Lou. Have a great day. Thanks. There you go. Pete Lombardi is joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. He kicks off every edition of Sportsnet today here on Sportsnet 960. He's brought to you by the good folks at the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovations. This should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. Now offering air miles, reward miles. You can visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. More Flames conversation next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to the program. It's Logan Gordon along with you. Sportsnet today on this Tuesday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day if you celebrate. I don't. I think it's a corporate scam. Is it a Hallmark holiday? It's a corporate scam. But if you have a loved one, good for you. Logan's just salty that he has nobody this Valentine's Day. I have Pat. That's all I need. I have DJ Powerplay. That's all I need. Cam, you're the uh, relationship expert in the room. The guru, apparently. You're the love guru. Yeah. Great movie. I would not be taking advice from Cam right now. Wow. That's a shot. Ouch. Taylor. Taylor's also bitter. I was just going to say, you're going to call me bitter. (laughs) She just slices it on Cam. The only one with a relationship here. Just talk to your partner. That's all you got to do. That's the secret. Talk to people. Uh, yeah, if you have, uh, if you need love advice, I guess. 960-960. I charge by the hour, by the way. Thanks. DJ Cameo over there. He's the only one that can uh, that can help. Uh, Flames fall 4-3 last night to the Ottawa Senators. Dismal fashion. Depressing, frustrating. You can use whatever word you'd like to use for it. Ends the road trip with just one regulation win. Overtime losses to the Rangers and the Sens. And a regulation loss to the Detroit Red Wings. Now a three-game homestand, which will see the Rangers and Red Wings come to town, as well as the Philadelphia Flyers next Monday on Family Day. And I would say it's a frustrated fan base right now for the Calgary Flames as we talk on this Valentine's Day. As we were chatting with Peter Labardius, uh, you know, people texting in about, you know, different things from last night, where to lay the blame. You could, last night was frustrating, and last night was a, definitely a microcosm of the problems that this team has had, whether it be in overtime whether it be holding a lead in the third period, whether it be getting a key save from your number one goaltender at a key time, those were all different aspects that we've seen at different times for the Calgary Flames. It just sort of manifested itself 
in a different way last night, which wound up being, you know, two late goals with the goalie pulled, 46 seconds apart, and then a, a stinker in overtime to end it. And it, it kind of goes back to, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about the last couple weeks with this team, and it's just the problems that this Flames team has right now, the confidence issues, the goaltending issues, Unfortunately, those aren't things that I see as fixable problems before the trade deadline. I don't see anybody, I don't care if it was the top, you know, and Pat's talked about, you know, Timo Meyer, and, and that's, you know, the top of the line guy, right, on Flames Talk. And that's not a realistic target for the Flames given where they are. But even if you say you did pay the price that it was to get Timo Meyer, does that fix what the Calgary Flames are? I don't think so. I think it's a group that lacks confidence in key moments. I I don't know why that is, but it's been a trend all season long. I think they're still a, a defenseman away. I still think they're not tight enough defensively when it counts. Okay, well, does does Luke Shen Fix all of that if you're the Calgary fan. It doesn't. It doesn't because Luke Shen's more likely than not not going to be out there in the final two minutes of the game. It's going to be on most nights Rasmus Anderson, Noah Hannafin, Chris Tanev. Those are going to be the guys that you have to lean on. So to me, it's it's becoming less and less of a question uh, of should this team add at the trade deadline. I, I I'm firmly in the camp that they shouldn't. That's easy for me to say based on, you know, everything. And, and I didn't make those moves in the off season. I didn't, I'm not the one with, you know, a, a contract situation coming up in the off season. But at the same time, I think you, you have to be realistic about what this group is. And we've chatted about me and Pat on yesterday, on Monday's edition of Flamestock talked about, you know, that, that's the, the hardest point for the Flames right now is, you can have a night like last night, which is very uninspiring, very frustrating, very all over the map. But you look at the, the standings today, and all of a sudden you're you're looking at it and you're going, Well, we could we could make the playoffs. It's not even a an unrealistic thing. They're in a playoff spot today. Despite what happened despite a really disappointing, I think, overall road trip because of how things worked out last night with Minnesota picking up a point and jump jumping Colorado in the central and the Flames being a point up on Colorado, they take the wild card spot. That's, I, can't, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It's... It's not a fun position to be in. We've talked about it. I've talked about it forever, and it's a conversation I would have with Peter Klein all the time. The middle sucks. Yeah, it's it's not a fun place to be. You know, you either you don't really have the hopes of you know maybe we'll go super deep. You don't have the the excitement of seeing a bunch of young prospects, and it's it's really tough to be uh, right in the middle right now. Uh, we can get more of your texts at 960-960. We'll head back to Ottawa last night. Hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames, including head coach Daryl Sutter. Uh, but I see a bunch of the texts in there already at 960-960. We'll continue the conversation. We'll talk about uh, Jacob Markstrom and, and just sort of where we are on the Flames because as down as we want to be, and I'm, I'm right there with you, I can understand why you're frustrated watching this group and why you probably wanted to throw your remote yesterday when you watched what happened in the final minute and a half of the third period and what happened in overtime. Somehow, some way, you're in a playoff spot today. Three weeks out from the NHL's trade deadline, you are in a playoff spot. It's a really weird spot to be in if you're the Calgary Flames. But let's uh, let's hear from the head coach, Daryl Sutter. He spoke to the media last night. A quick media availability for the coach as they were getting set to come back to Calgary last night. Like this team's effort, like the their performance throughout most of the game. A couple of mistakes cost them. Here's what the head coach had to say following the Flames' loss. This morning, uh, yeah, I thought we played a hell of a game. Ran out of gas a little bit. 
really good little, really good down to four D there the last three or four minutes that we ran out of gas. So we played really well. Is that when you kind of sort of see was the last three or four? Is that what you said? Pardon? The last three or four minutes? Is that what you said? Where you saw it run out? Yeah, I think, you know, you knew, we knew the goalie was coming after that, after the uh, last time out at some point. They were coming, the coach's job to let players know and then, and then respond accordingly to it. So, you know what? Uh, I thought we played really well. Give up those two quick ones. Was the bench still in a right mindset? You think? Yes. So I just said. Anything stand out the way that this game unfolded? I mean, in terms of just thought the way we dominated that you the game. It, yeah. Thought we totally dominated. Puck possession, everything. Right? Whether it's the next goal or the save, or whatever. Right? Thought we were in total control again. Even in overtime, a couple of pretty good chances. Right? <laughs> right. Three good ones. Yeah. Difference. Good. Okay, thank you. There you go. Pretty straight to the point last night with the head coach, Daryl Sutter. Had their opportunities. Had opportunities in overtime. Maybe ran out of gas late in the game. And the Flames walk away from a road trip with just one regulation win that came Saturday mid-afternoon against the Buffalo Sabres. Regulation loss to Detroit and uh, two points via OT losses to the Rangers and the Ottawa Senators. Some of your texts at 960-960. Todd says, not heartbreaking. Expected is the best way to describe it. We've seen this story too many times. This text comes in and says, man, people want us to go to the playoffs and we can't even win against Ottawa. If we're just going to get knocked out in the first or second round, we don't want it. Stop the push. This team is beyond broken. Belief this year, reset next year, end of story. Uh, Jeremy from Calgary texted and said, as soon as Ottawa scored to make it 3-2, I changed the channel, turned to my girl and said they're going to lose 4-3 in overtime. Sure enough, that's what happened. Uh, This one says, this one's on Sutter. No timeout after the Sens make it 3-2 to make an explicitly clear plan and rest your defenders. Uh, Darren from McKenzie Lake. Has anyone noticed how different Markstrom's positioning is this year? Not sure if it's LeBarber's coaching, but Jacob almost looks as though he's hiding him. In, excuse me. He's almost looks like he is hiding inside of his net instead of getting bigger and challenging. Noticed it in the playoffs versus the Oilers for the first time, and it's been there all year now. Uh, yeah, I don't. I won't profess to know anything about the the goaltending teachings i'm certainly not anywhere near putting this on jason LaBarbera or anything close to that or jordan Siglet or any of the members uh, of the flames uh goaltending staff it's been a it's been a down year for jacob markstrom all year i'm last night can't happen the the end of the scrambles one sure i i guess the last two goals are are kind of and I've been in, I've been on Jacob's side most of this, but I, I can't I can't come on here today and tell you that the especially the goal in overtime, that's what you need. You you've gotten some run support in your last couple of games. Where was it? Where was the big save? The timely save? That's what I've been talking about all year long. Is the save percentage is what it is? The goals against average is what it is. But had there just been some more timely saves from Jacob Markstrom this year, I feel like his record and the team's record when he's in net would have changed dramatically. To me, it's not a question. I think Dan Vladar should start on Thursday. I think you should ride Dan Vladar at least into the back-to-backs that you see on the 22nd and 23rd against Arizona and Vegas. I'm not throwing Jacob Markstrom out the window. Like I'm not at the point of I've seen it a lot on on different Flames, you know, Twitter sites and and forums and that sort of thing that said, you know, oh, we'll look at the buyout for Jacob Markstrom or what could we get in tandem for Jacob Markstrom? It's time to roll with Dan Vladar and, and Dustin Wolf. I'm not there yet. Dan Vladar has never been a season long starter in the NHL. Dustin Wolf hasn't played a minute in the NHL yet. Has he been tremendous at every level he's played at? Yes, absolutely he has. 
That's a very inexperienced tandem to bet on, especially when you're trying to get to where the Calgary Flames think they want to go. They're not. We can discuss whether or not that's actually viable or not. I'm just. I'm not ready after one bad year of Jacob Markstrom to to say what's what does it cost to move him out? What could we get in return? What does the buyout look like? But as of right now, am I am I ready to hand the keys to Dan Vladar? A hundred percent. It's and it's not even a. If it it should just be player X and player Y. Who gives you the better chance to win night in, night out? Take the salaries away from it. Take the namesake away from it. And who gives you a better chance to win? And it's, it's Dan Vladar. It should be him on, on Thursday. Will it be? I don't know. Now, a lot of people clamoring for that right now. And a lot of it on the text line. And I get it. Uh, more of your texts at 960-960 after we uh, head back and hear from Michael Backlund. Uh, he spoke post-game following the Flames' loss to the Ottawa Senators. Just give us a sense of the frustration level of, you know, as you leave a game like that, uh, knowing you're just a couple minutes away from, from winning. Yeah, it's tough. Um, we play a really well game for 56 minutes, 57 minutes or so. Um, and, uh, yeah. Then we'll let it get our hands, and uh, yeah, it's really um, tough and frustrating for sure. How do you describe how that all unfolded there in the last? What was the the key to that collapse, if you will? Well, they um, put the pucks in, and they put some pressure. Uh, you know, when they scored the first one, you can tell they got some energy uh, boost, and uh, you know they went back right back down there and uh, uh, got the puck back and created some uh, motion in the, the old zone. And I mean, they have a lot of skilled players and. Um, they can, if you give them a little room, they can find ways to score. Did it feel like you, I mean, you controlled this game, you know, for the better part of those 56 minutes as you kind of talked about? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I thought we did. Um, we had a f- five on three uh, in the second there, uh, and, and uh, probably kept going there. They had some pressure, but in that, I thought we were the better team all night, and um, so yeah, it's a it's a really tough one as well. It's pretty fresh right now, but what are the overall takeaways from this road trip? Uh, well, last two games we played better. Um, f- uh, first game was a emotional game. Uh, second game, Detroit not good enough, and then the last two games uh, we played a lot better. Um, it's um, it's frustrating that we don't come home with one more point. There you go, Michael back in the Calgary Flames talked to the media last night. Flames back in action Thursday when they welcome the Detroit Red Wings. First of three straight at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Uh, here's a couple more texts. Some more on the optimistic side of things. Uh, this text says, uh, everybody relax. Give me a break. Season's not over. Sutter knows exactly what he's doing. This text says, I'm going to be optimistic, guy. This is totally turning out to be the year Calgary gets to be the 2020 Montreal Canadiens. Here's to hoping, I guess. And then uh, some more on the other side, which I can understand. Um, this one says, how can the team have an identity with no captain? Someone needs a C to control the room and keep people accountable. This text says, let Vidar run with it. Enough is enough. Murray texts in, say, hey, look at all the one-goal losses. Calgary would be leading if we won even half of them. We only need a few more goals to be very good. Let's go out and get a score if possible. This text says, it's not one player or thing that's wrong with this team. It's a collective problem that this team has. And that's, yeah, that's kind of why I'm on the side that I am about the trade deadline, that I, I don't see this as a a one player in or a, a hockey trade suddenly changes this team to, to where we think they're going to be. Because I do think a lot of what that text says, I think that this is a team thing. It's a team confidence thing. I think uh, a lot of it is, you know, just getting around the mentality of sometimes putting in the effort and the work, and they've done that a couple times. And losses like last night where you put in the work for 57 minutes can be a pretty brutal reminder that if you don't put it in for 60, you can sometimes find yourself on the losing end, and that's what they did last night. 
Uh, this text says, who cares if Ladar hasn't been a starter? The team just plays better in front of him. Want him to play well. Ladar starts the rest of the season. Uh, this text says, uh, what if this is what Markstrom is? And who cares if Ladar can't handle the load? We're losing anyways. Trade him for a King's ransom and move on to next season. Uh, this one says, Markstrom got shelled by the Oilers in the playoffs last year. They got in his head. His confidence was shattered. His problems are between his ears until he overcomes this. He will continue to lose. And this one's uh, on the goaltending one. This one says it's crazy. It's not unusual for a goaltender to drop off the Vesna map one year after being one of the top two goaltenders. Look at Connor Hellebuck as a prime example. Uh, yeah, look, again, I've I've backed Jacob through all of this. I've said from, you know, really, unfortunately, we've had these conversations since the beginning of the season that I still think Jacob plays a key role for this team and I'm not ready to to dump Jacob Markstrom at the first sign of uh, of, you know, bad results. It has been a bad year. There's no denying that. No one here is trying to to sit here and tell you that it's been as good as it should have been for Jacob Markstrom because it hasn't been. You're expecting him to be a number 1, but as a lot of those texts have pointed out, Flames are in a position that they haven't been in in a lot of years, and I know watching this team for as long as I have, having a backup that is competent enough to take the ball and run with it is not always something the Calgary Flames have had. So maybe it is a bright spot for this team that Dan Vladar is here right now and is ready to take on an increased workload because Jacob Markstrom is having a down year. Again, am I... At the point where I think Jacob Markstrom, you need to start looking at alternative options to what your starting goaltender tandem may or may not be in the offseason. No, I'm no, I'm nowhere near that. A lot like that, Texter, I don't believe you just fall off the map. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is the demise, the beginning of the end of Jacob Markstrom's career, but I just I don't see it, especially given the guy that he was last year knowing how hard he works, how bad he wants to be the number one guy and provide for his team. I just, I don't see it. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But yeah, as far as the the here and now for the Calgary Flames, it's Dan Vladar. I don't think there's any question about that anymore. Does that mean we won't see Jacob Markstrom? No, there's still plenty of back-to-backs. There's still plenty of hockey to be played. And I think Jacob still has every opportunity to change the narrative around this. But I think, without a doubt in my mind, Thursday night when they come out against the Detroit Red Wings, it should be Dan Vladar leading the way. And it should stay like that for a little bit. It's just a frustrating conversation to have because it was... For weeks, it was, well, he's not getting any run support. He's not getting goals when he's in there. Gotten goals the last two games. He only came out with one of them with a victory. Uh, just a couple more before we get out of here. Uh, hit on the hour two. Uh, this one is uh, positive that I brought up with Lou in the first segment. Yeah, Dylan Dubé has been uh, outstanding. This guy says, text says, extend Dubé this summer. Uh, he's been the best Flames player by far. Daryl said earlier in the year, most improved flame, and yet that absolutely applies. He was great last night. Uh, all around it, going to the hard areas, scores a couple of key goals, but he was fast, he was involved, and that's just the Dylan Dubé that you want to see right now uh, for the Calgary Flames. Uh, this takes us six points out of ten on a five-game road trip. Really that bad? What are we getting all up in arms about? And yeah, and see, I, I can't blame this texture for feeling that way either. Because if you do throw the Seattle game in there, it was technically the first game of the road trip. There was just a an all-star break in between. The Flames have found ways to get points. But those points have come far too often in overtime losses. That's why they are where they are. If it wasn't for the loser point, the Flames would be very far out of the conversation. But because they have 11 of them after last night, they're still here. Uh, James Texton says, hey, Logo, 2022-2023 Flames just prove uh, you can't go Frankenstein's monster and throw a team together. I don't see a whole lot of team chemistry out there. That's, uh, I think, a fair point that 
has come up a lot this year as the team chemistry. Uh, this one, another one on chemistry. This one says it's top. It's tough to replace the line with the chemistry that Lindholm, Chucky, and Johnny had. It just doesn't happen. The team is not better than last year, unfortunately. Uh, this one says, play the wheels off Marky, sell off all pending UFAs, and go for a better pick. That's kind of where we're at with the Calgary Flames is there's a lot of up and there's a lot of down. All I can say is, do I know what this team is yet? No, I don't have, a, I don't have a, the slightest clue what this team is. Do I have an understanding or a guess as to what they're going to come out with against Detroit? No. But all of that being said, through all of these these negatives and the frustrations that we've gone through this year, they're in a playoff spot. That's not a fluke. That's not by some weird misdirection of point. They're in a playoff spot. And given where they've been around the last couple of weeks, it isn't hard to see that they're going to be in a, a battle for that playoff spot the next couple of weeks. So as much as as easy as it might you know be to say, hey, let's get ourselves in the Connor Bedard conversation, there's going to be people on the other side, and very rightly so, who are going to say, no, 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 I'm not talking about Connor Bedard. I'm talking about getting back to the playoffs for the second straight year, something that this Calgary Flames team doesn't always do. We'll see what comes. They start a three-game homestand starting Thursday night against the Detroit Red Wings. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. We'll kick off hour two with our Tuesday regular, Bick Nazar from Sportsnet 650. We'll chat some Super Bowl reaction, get Bick's thoughts on a Chiefs dynasty perhaps, and uh, a quick update on the Vancouver Canucks who got a little bit of a scolding from their coach last night after an embarrassing loss to the Detroit Red Wings who said he was going to take things back to grade school when it comes to defending. What did practice look like today for the Vancouver Canucks? Uh, we'll find out next. Plus some Blue Jays talk with Arden Swelling. That's all coming up on Hour 2 here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.